Hello and welcome to Null to Zero, a podcast about building a company from nothing. Product, engineering, and interviews with smart folks. We really hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Null to Zero. I'm Brandon, and thanks for listening today. On Null to Zero, our intention is to talk about the work that goes into creating something entirely new. That's why we kind of joke about it being Null to Zero instead of the famous Zero to One coined by Peter Thiel, uh, who, by the way, has a very good book also titled Zero to One, and I would encourage you to check that out as well. Uh, We'll have links in the show notes for that. Um, It looks into things like how to pick an idea, how to make that first prototype, founder interviews, and even some educational episodes on tactics and strategies that we've found and use personally for growing various products or businesses that we've worked on. So our hope is that by listening to this podcast, you'll get a little better at creating something entirely new. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how you might go about finding a problem worth solving. This will be part one in this series. Um, The idea here being we want to think about sort of the divergence phase in part one, where you kind of go out and about and think about lots of stuff and problems and all that. And then the next episode we're going to release will be part two, which will focus on the convergence phase, which is how do you whittle those ideas that you found down into something that you might actually want to work on for any number of reasons that you're kind of optimizing yourself for in building. Now, you can imagine there are likely infinite ways to get struck by inspiration. Something that'll give you a great idea, a great concept, whatever. So with this episode, what I really want to try and focus in on is how to get into different headspaces and uh, kind of set your mind in such a way on seeing problems out in the world by using either a mantra of sorts or, you know, challenging yourself to a very broad topic. Um, Then when you're out and about or even sitting at your desk, whatever way that you find the most interesting to you to think about new problems, you'll kind of have your mind focused in such a manner that it'll kind of pick up on nuances and so on and so forth. Um, There's kind of three major sections I want to go over, which is going to be something that I've used and I just call it walkabouts. Uh, It's pretty famous. A lot of people do them. Uh, Another area is called forever problems, forever and strong quotation marks there. And then finally, a habit journal. Um, I would advise just doing it for a single day. Uh, but we'll kind of talk about sort of the principles inside each of these. So when it comes to walkabouts, um, these are really great in my opinion. And uh, if you really want, you can listen to this pretty great track by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, also called Walkabouts. Uh, I'll link it to it in the show notes. Um, but the idea is you kind of just go out, go on a walk with no other reason than you're going on a walk. Um, the task here is think to yourself while you're on a walk just around the city. Maybe it's with your dog, whatever. Just Keep yourself tuned in. Look around you. Listen in. Don't don't stick headphones in. Don't listen to this podcast on the walkabout. But like, really tune in to what's going on in the world around you. And pretty shortly, you should be able to start picking up on either challenges that you're personally noticing while you're walking, or challenges that you're seeing other people experiencing, or possibly overhear the challenges that they're discussing uh, with like a friend or a colleague as they go, are out and about. Um, and these challenges either are the problem themselves, which you'll be able to write down and then later analyze, or they're symptoms of a deeper, more root cause problem that might be interesting to look at. A really easy example is um, I'm based in Toronto, Canada. It's a pretty dense urban population. I'm right in the heart of downtown. So if I walk out my door, 
pretty quickly first there's a rush and a throng of people around me and they're all bustling and generally they feel like they have somewhere very important to be and very little time to get there so they're hustling pretty fast um so i might think that you know speed maybe inner city commuting is uh, an interesting challenge um you know in a problem area that continues to be a problem for probably any dense major urban center the next problem that i'm very likely to see is going to be the challenge of just being a person who might have some form of a disability or handicap being able to navigate the sidewalk now downtown in my area they're very uneven if you're in a wheelchair trying to be more accessible focused um you're gonna have a hard time it's the short answer there's constantly construction going on They've shut down, you know, some street corner and they always go about laying usually this tiny, like weird wooden plank on the ground that kind of goes over like a sidewalk. And you think to yourself like, okay, you know, I guess if, if I was in a wheelchair, I could use that. But the reality is, is every time I see someone actually in a wheelchair, they're usually having to take some pretty dicey detours to actually get to where they need to be because these silly wooden planks just aren't good enough. So if that's a challenge that, or a problem area that I'm interested in. I might try to investigate, is there a better way to provide access to those who need it? Um, you know, you turn the left corner, you'll probably see a lineup at the door for a local coffee shop. That's pretty great. There's another challenge and so on and so forth. The idea of the walkabout is just, again, to put yourself in a position where you're open to bringing in new ideas. You're open to looking at different problem areas and kind of assessing them, rolling them around in your head while you continue to walk. Um, I've read it before and perhaps I'll be able to find some interesting research that I'll link in the show notes. Um, but it's also proven that just the simple acts of very, very minor physical activity, like a walk, um, increases your ability to think creatively. Um, you know, there's a famous walking meetings that was all the hype, I think a couple of years back, Steve jobs himself was pretty famous for it, but in general, get outside, get some fresh air, wander the streets and just really hone in and take a look at what's going on around you. It's an excellent way to start finding a problem that might be worth solving for you. The next tactic that I want to implore is the idea of the forever problem. Remember the strong quotation marks there. This kind of topic area has been really fascinating to me personally lately, uh, which is one of the reasons I definitely wanted to talk about it. But I also think that it brings some really cool concepts to the forefront, especially if you're looking to get into building an actual product or, or a very large business. These challenges of forever problems are very large concepts in our society that are probably never going to go away. So a really good example of that is sales, or you could say, you know, bartering or trade or merchants or whatever. But at the end of the day, I believe there will always be people or something that can create some object of value that another person can't create or get on their own. And then you are going to trade something else of value for it. Of course, the most common value transfer is money. That's why it was invented. But this is just an idea that if you want to go out and build a leading digital product or something, and you're a software engineer by trade, you might want to build a product in the sales area. There's, of course, many. Salesforce is dominating the space in a bunch of ways. But if you build something there, there's a market there. And the market will always and forever be there because people will continue to sell. Um, some other ones that I found very interesting is creation of shelter or the purchasing of that. Humans just need shelter, if, you know, Maslow's hierarchy is to be believed. And so therefore, of course, having a way to either make houses or help people get into houses or homes is another great area that you can unpack and sort of dig into. 
and very likely find a large number of problem areas that are interesting to you and would be valuable if solved. Uh, and finally, another one, of course, is just food. You know, people need to eat. They're always going to be needing to eat. So either you can go all the way down to the layer of agriculture. So agri-tech is, of course, pretty interesting. You know, how, are we going to do vertical farms or any of these other really cool concepts uh, through to just uh, the delivery? So are you going to be a last mile delivery service for locally sourced uh, organic vegetables? You know, really depends on what you're thinking. But as you can see, again, that area of the forever problem in my opinion, is a wonderfully rich vein that you can mine for a long time to pull out lots of concepts that you can feel really confident are problem areas that are going to just continue to exist for an extremely long time. I, of course, am ignoring that perhaps in the future we will be able to 3D print food infinitely from a replicator. Thank you, Star Trek. I don't know. But for the foreseeable future, at least, you know, these categories are going to exist for an extremely long time. And in the task of trying to find a problem worth solving for you, I think that sort of either on walkabouts, I've thought about what are a forever problem, um, or you might just have some off the top of your mind that you can think of. They're really great. You can really dig into them and you can find a lot of useful information there to kind of guide you on what you want to make. And now into our third idea for finding problems worth solving, it would be a habit journal. And I'd recommend just habit journaling for a day. It's uh, actually... <laughs> A hilariously exhausting task. Um, it takes a lot of mental effort to sort of think about this. Um, but first, I'll break it down. Uh, this habit journal for a day concept came to me from the book The Power of Habit, uh, written by Charles DeHigg. Um, wonderful book. Link it in the show notes. Read it. Seriously, read it. You want to be more productive? Read it. You just want to be a better human? Read it. I'll just keep saying that a lot. Just read it. Um, essentially, what this book talks about is a lot of things, obviously related to habit. But one component is as you go through a day, you actually think about and write down every habit loop that you trigger. And a habit loop is, um, I mean, they break it down to a pretty simple idea. There's sort of three stages. Stage one is a trigger. Generally, it's an emotion. So if you feel stressed, uh, I, that's my trigger, which causes me to do an action, which is the actual habit itself. So if I get stressed, I play a video game. That's what I do. And then the outcome, the reward system, is uh, again, generally feeling. So in this case, it is de-stressing or I feel success because I played a video game and I, I don't know, I leveled up. So that's great. I leveled up in World of Warcraft. I feel good. And that, that could be a habit loop, for example. However, there are also very simple habits that we do every day. Uh, one of the fun little tasks that they give you in the book is to brush your teeth with the opposite hand. Really, you don't think it's a, an actual habit, but it is every day I walk into the bathroom to brush my teeth you know, twice a day. I grab my toothbrush with my right hand. If you just brush your teeth with your left hand, you just need to think about it a lot more. And that's kind of the reason we have habits, you'll learn, is it's to sort of offload some of the mental energy that it, you expend every day by just doing things by rote and habitually, which is what gives your brain the ability to think about these larger problems. So in the context of our podcast episode today on finding a problem we're solving, the habit journal is pretty interesting because you start to realize the things you just do automatically every day and then by looking into those, you start to actually unpack them more and study sort of the root of it. Is is there a problem there? Is there a thing you could do to solve this deeper problem? Because some of our habits that we build up are actually to mitigate problems even. Like, so, uh, you know, I might just load the dishwasher when it strikes me that my <laughs> house is maybe getting a little too dirty. Um, 
but perhaps I can create a new way to do that, or perhaps there's a different solution in there that'll get me to do this more often, or there's a new way to clean dishes. I don't know. That one would be a t difficult challenge itself. But going through the day and writing down every time your habit loop kicks in is a pretty cool way to find very personal problems. Um, and again, if you kind of look out and you've read all the, the great works on the internet about how to become a founder or start a business, uh, one of the suggestions, of course, is to work on a problem that you personally experience, because then you're already a pretty good user of that. So you'll be able to better understand if the thing you are building is going to be successful or it's working to solve that problem. So uh, the habit journal, I think, again, it's valuable for a bunch of reasons. I think you'll just be a better human if you do it. Uh, but at the same time, you can use it as a cool way to unpack a lot of uh, difficult and interesting concepts. So there you have it. Those are three tactics that I personally and others I know have used to try and generate problems worth solving. Um, I find that the three of them also actually bleed into other areas of life, uh, and will hopefully cause you to learn something new about yourself or the world around you, and even can be used later in the system. So if you've already found a problem that you're interested in, I'd still highly encourage a walkabout to just maybe learn more about it or discern the problem space a bit deeper. Um, but in general, I think that they're pretty valuable techniques, um, and I know that they'll uh, serve you for a very long time. So to the listeners, the only other thing I can ask, are there other ways that you would have gone out and tried to find problems we're solving? If there are, uh, definitely write in to us, send me an email, tweet at me, uh, you know, whatever method you think is best. Carrier pigeon's a little difficult. It's a little cold in Canada sometimes. It's coming up on uh, fall time. But any way you can get a hold of us, please do. And uh, I'd love to hear about sort of techniques and tactics that you've used to actually generate these problems we're solving. And other than that, thank you very much for the time. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon. So today you've listened to part one of finding a problem worth solving. As mentioned, it was the divergence phase, the idea of just going out and finding as many things as possible and not really spending too much time, you know, honing them down or kind of seeing if it was a good idea or not. None of that. Uh, part two, which will be coming pretty soon, is going to talk a lot about that convergence phase. So that's where we're going to get into techniques you can use to refine and uh, kind of zone into which one you actually want to work on, which problem space is of interest to you. So again, thank you for taking the time to hang out with us today. I hope you found this valuable and useful. And if you did, please tweet about it or write us a note, anything you'd like, or even just share it with one friend who might find it valuable. Talk to you all very soon.